Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, September 5th, 2011, and my name is Steve. Happy Labor Day, everyone. I am, as always, joined by my, by my two co-hosts. Hammy, how are you tonight? I'm good, Stevie. I'm very, very good. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for school to start. I know that you guys start earlier down there in the south, but school's not started here, up here, and, uh, and I could not be waiting for school to start sooner. Not cherishing every moment at home with the kids? No, not squeezing in. We, I mean, we've gotten to the point where I, I took the kids to see Spy Kids 4 today, um, which I could not recommend less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my 11-year-old went and saw it, and, like, he didn't even like it. You know, and it was oh, all, yeah. Yeah. My three, my four, just now turned four-year-old loved it, but only because they said poopy diaper a bunch. I mean, it was, you know. And the, and the, and the novelty of the, the smell Arama, I think it's called, Lost in Time, Spy Kids, Aromascope, I'm sorry, right. presented in Aromascope. is basically um, a scratch-and-sniff card that they give you in the theater when you walk in, and then they give you cues throughout the movie to scratch the card and smell. And it all smells like the inside of the movie theater. It was horrible. <laughs> it was really, really horrible. Wow. All right, Curtis, how are you? I'm uh, I'm doing well. I saw Spy Kids 2, and I echo everything that Ham says. It sucked on multiple levels. But I have did – you, did you guys see this crazy story? I, honestly, a sign that your team needs to be gotten rid of. When the Marlins went to take the field against the Phillies in one of those games this, this past weekend, mm-hmm. the grounds crew had not even put the bases in the ground. <laughs> wow, that's insane. Yeah. And then Charlie Manuel got ejected from the game and couldn't even watch the game from the, uh, the visitors' locker room because all the TVs were broken. Nice. Well, look, they're focusing all their energy on the new stadium that's going to bring in all those people. Oh, I thought oh, you were yeah. going to say the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that too. That's going to happen. That new stadium, they're coming in droves. That's all they're waiting for. Oh, yeah. man. People are chomping at the bit. Yep. So, guys, I went to, uh, I'm good, yeah. I'm good. I, I went to the, um, the tweet-up at Turner Field this past Thursday, which is really fun. I met some listeners, some of our Twitter followers. It was really neat to put some, you know, faces with Twitter handles and all that stuff. And, and I, I have to brag for a minute. There were, um, there were trivia questions throughout the thing with prizes, you know, this signed ball here, this, you know, pair of tickets here. And I won the grand prize. Wow, nice. Yes. What were some of the questions that you answered? Well, what so, the one, what's the one you're most proud of for answering? Well, I, I answered one question, which, which was the grand prize, which oh, okay. was, aside from Hayward, who are the two, so this was Thursday night, you know, who are the two um, Braves in uniform, you know, on the 25-man roster who were first-round draft choices, draft picks? Chipper. Yep. 
Ugla? Nope. Now, I'll be honest. So someone else in the audience got Chipper and then did not know the second. And so I was all like Hermione raising oh, my hand in Mike class. Minor. Yeah, Mike Minor. Exactly. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was pretty excited. You know, my son, of course, was like, I was the You're, coolest ever, yeah. which was pretty fun. Wow, this might lend itself to a Steve Rantings Roadshow storytelling. <laughs> well, you see, but I'm going to stop after 45 seconds. Whoa. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> All right, guys, before we get started, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And to keep up with everything going on with the show and the website, follow us on Twitter. We are at ATL Baseball Talk and on Facebook. And hey, help us get to the 1,300 followers mark on Twitter. So if you're not following us, please go out there and follow us on Twitter. All right, guys, in tonight's show, we're going to discuss the injuries to Hanson and JJ, Derek Lowe's improvement or not, and Freddie managing in the postseason. But first, guys, after some really anemic showings with the offense this past week, you know, in going 3-3 three and three against the Nationals and the Dodgers, let's look at some of the pieces in the offense and discuss the good and the bad that we see. And let's start with Martin Prado. The number two hitter with his 219 batting average, 287 OBP in August. And his September has really been even worse. Four singles and 16 at-bats, not counting tonight, Monday in, in Philadelphia. So, Hammy, you think he's going to figure anything out by the time October rolls around? Um, well, I mean, actually, technically, Stevie, he's, he's doing a little bit better in September than in August, um, but not much better. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and it's, he's, um, he's a tough one to figure out. I do think that he's going to work harder. We know he's going to work hard, right? We know he's going to probably right, the work harder. the hardest working guy on the team. Hardest working on the team. So whatever it's going to take, if, there, if it's something that can be worked through, whether it's a mechanics thing or watching tape or going out and just taking swings in the cage, he's going to do it. So I have confidence in that. But, um, but I don't know. It's tough to figure out. I mean, he's just not the same player he was last season. And, and you know, you thought that – or I, you know, it was thought that with Bourne and some speed in front of him that maybe that would make things easier for him. And, and the reverse has been true. And I think he's 264 now on the season and, and is not having a great season. But I don't know – I don't, I don't know why. So I don't, I don't know if I can say I have confidence one way or the other. Yeah, because it would be easy to say, well, when you know, he got the staph infection, he's just not figured it out since he got back. But pre-staph infection wasn't very good either. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't the same guy from day one. You know, he's saying the right things. He, you know, he says he's figuring stuff out, and he's working uh, certainly harder than anyone else on the team, as we said. There was a great anecdote from, from Bowman this week that Prado's mom was in the waiting room like an hour or two after the game, and Bowman was like, why are you here? And, you know, she said, well, because, you know, my son's in the batting cage, and he asked Prado about it, and Prado said, well, my mom told me to go in there until I figured it out. <laughs> Which I just love. I mean, what a phenomenal story that is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, it's great he had that game winner Sunday against the Dodgers, but it's been sort of few and far between. I mean, Curtis, what do you think? Yeah, he he definitely makes me nervous. And, and um, I don't know if it's a point where, you know, he's been really stationary at number two in the in the lineup. I guess he was at number one before they got a really a center fielder to work with but I, I just I, I, I don't 
I don't know. I mean, I, every time I, I give up on somebody, they kind of turn their season around. But he just – there's something amiss with him this year, um, and and it just doesn't seem like it's getting rectified. And I, I don't doubt his effort. I don't doubt his hard work. Um, but I – kind of doubt his ability to get it completely turned around this season yeah it's Um, becoming another one of these well you know wait till next year situations obviously it's september so it's easy to say that but i hate i hate that you know it could play out that way yeah and i think if if you know if ugla hadn't had that terrible start and if if hayward has not had this terrible year that more light would be shined on how average he's not certainly been terrible but he's he's really been average this year and um he was so important to them last year um and you know his his lack of productivity i think is is certainly a key contributor to the offensive struggles that the braves have had this season and i don't know i mean you know i wonder if moving him around so much has has impacted his uh his batting you know i know they talked about it tonight that he was playing his third position in three days um and made that non-error but error where he certainly could have gotten to that ball that victorino hit and it becomes a you know, a two-run lead becomes a four-run lead, and the game is effectively over at that point. So I don't know if that's having an impact on him. I don't know if playing the outfield is having an impact on him. I don't know what it is, but um, there's just something different about him this season. You know, it's interesting yeah. point. It's an interesting point you raise, and, and I think we're all three of us are guilty of it too. The goodwill that Prado has from everyone – uh, that 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 has sort of equated to not a lot of what's going on with Prado, you know, dropping down the lineup, you know, all that stuff that like everyone else gets, even Chipper gets it more than Prado ever has this year. Yeah, I guess well, it's because he, he, he seemed like such a smart hitter, and he was the best guy on the team last year, and you just didn't believe it would continue in some way. Yeah, and 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 also just how how accommodating he was with the ugly move, and I'll play wherever I need to, and you just yeah, I mean I think he's such a he's such a gamer, and will do anything for the team that he we do cut him more slack. Yeah, uh, and, and and Kurt, I think there could be a huge amount of validity to the he's in now he's in the outfield instead of you know being locked in in the infield for every at bat. Um, the only counter I would give to that is they moved him around a bunch last year. It didn't seem to affect him at all. Yeah. Uh, but it certainly could, for you know, for whatever reason, could be affecting him this year. You know, you you have that plus all the time he missed with the staff infection, and who knows? I mean, may, maybe that's you know what it equals out to this year. Um, yeah, uh, he he's got to turn it around though. All right, guys, let's move on to speaking of someone who needs to turn it around, Brian McCann. So since returning from the DL on August 14th, he has nine hits in 60 at-bats, nine walks, 17 strikeouts, although five homers. So, Curtis, do you think that uh, McCann returns to form? Of all of them, I, I just I have to believe that he's the guy that, that straightens it out. Throughout his career, throughout the season, he's gone through these little stretches where he's he struggled a little, and I know that he had the injury that kind of threw him off this time. But I, I just, I have full faith in in McCann that um, he's the guy that's that I have no fear whatsoever in his ability to get it going. Um, and I, I think it's it's soon to come. You know, I think it's this week even that he he starts it going again. I, I don't. Do you, what did he do tonight? Do you know? Well, no one hit anything tonight. Yeah, yeah, we had two true. hits through seven, so. 
I mean, I think Diaz had a hit and Constanza had a hit, maybe. So, I, yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. Right. So, okay. So, but the point being, yes, I, I, I have full, I have full faith in Beyond tonight. Uh, I also I blacked have, out after it was four zip. Right. Yes. Thankfully, uh, I found Return of the Jedi on. So, um, <laughs> but yes, I have full faith in McCann. Yeah, me too. He's too good a hitter not to figure it out. He's just getting his, you know, he's just figuring it out after coming back from the DL stint. I, I got to believe. And yeah. he batted 429 against the Giants in the NLDS last year. So we, we got that waiting for us. Yeah, and his, I mean, that's a tough injury, the oblique. You never know. I mean, just because, you know, there's baseball is all about timing and, and just and, – and who knows how that's impacting his swing. Um, and just for me, I mean, I agree with everything Curtis is saying. I just – like, we, we have to – I have to have confidence in McCann. Like, if I don't have – there are other players on the teams that I can't have confidence in or I, and that I don't have confidence in, and I still have confidence in the team. If I don't have confidence in McCann, I don't have confidence in the Braves. So, I mean, you just, you just have to. You know, he's got to get it together. No yeah, pressure. no, I'm with you. Yeah, without confidence in McCann, we all need to go in the corner like at the end of Blair Witch and just wait to be killed. Oh, my God, Stevie. Know, well, that's, uh, there's a lot riding on it. <laughs> wow. I don't know. But okay, okay, sure, that's, sure that's, I guess. That's where my mind went. What can I tell you? I'm serious, man. I, this Philly game tonight really messed with me. It was so awful. Tell. I can tell. Did you see Did you see the stat that, that Bowman tweeted? And it was earlier in the game. No. But it was that uh, over the first 11 games between these two, the Braves – had scored 36 runs to the Phillies 35. Now in the last two games, the Phillies have scored 23 runs to our one. Uh, <laughs> wow, brutal. Not a good start. <laughs> well, so, so how, yeah, how do you like my Blair Witch reference now? It makes a little more sense. Right. Yeah. It's now it's more a little like, bit more funny. Uh, it's more like the Turkish prison in uh, whatever that movie is. In that Express. Wow. Yes. Yeah, we're going yes. from bad to worse. Let's go. Let's just throw in the Deer Hunter next. Just like at the. <laughs> All right, so let's right. let, let's anyway, look on the bright on. side and and talk yes. about Chipper. Uh, so in his last twenty two games since that three or four days he took off to rest his sore quad, he's batting three fifty one, four ten OBP, five homers, three doubles. So just you know, God bless Chipper. I, I don't you know we we would not have won as many games we have uh, in the last month without him. I mean he's just been more than solid. He's been the engine. Yeah, he's totally. Sucks me back in. I mean, I am maddeningly or just terrifyingly competent in Chipper right now, and I don't want to be. I do not want to be this competent in Chipper because, you know, like I have gotten to the point where I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, he's running down the first baseline with those a grounder in the hole, and I'm, I'm like, run, Chipper, harder, harder. You know, I mean, I'm like have no – there is no – just cheering him on with abandon, which makes me terrified because you know yeah, that – You haven't done that in like two years. I haven't. I've been petrified of just like every time he, you know, charges a a ball and he um, from third and picks up bare hand and throws it to first. You're just waiting for his hip to pop out. Yeah. You know. I mean, like I mean, you just again now. I'm just like he's like I got my legs beneath me. I've never haven't felt this strong in forever. And I'm like, amen, brother, hundred percent. I am so on board with Chipper right now, and it scares the the, the life out of me. Yeah. No, I'm not, with you. not in a player witch kind of way or anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't care about the team enough, Amy. Yeah, I guess not. I'm still confident in McCann a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kurt, you in the bag for Chipper? Totally. Yeah, it's just it's nothing but good, and and God, we need it to stay that way. Needed to stay that. Are way. you guys worried at all about the 
and I know we'll talk about Freddie a little later, but this whole approach, and I know he was sick today. I'm just going to throw all these caveats in there. But I just I worry that if you rest too many guys, that there's some rustiness that, that comes into the postseason. And I know we've seen it both ways, where the Braves have had to fight to the end of the season, and they flamed out, and the Braves have had coasted into the the postseason and flamed out. So they certainly don't give great uh, uh, approval of either approach, but I just, I'm worried that these guys are not playing. I mean, I checked the lineup of the Phillies when they were playing these games in Miami this weekend and essentially meaningless. I guess they're still fighting with Milwaukee for home field throughout the NL playoffs, but I just want these guys playing more. I don't want to see lineups like that absurd thing that we saw yesterday. Well, I just think you've got to rest Chipper, and no, I don't worry about Chipper at all with it. And Freeman, I mean, I you know, obviously he's a rookie, and but he's you know he's got his sore quad. And I think you have got to get him healthy. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not the hitter the last couple of weeks that he was when he was on his tore, you know, just torrid pace. Right. So I think that you know, uh, it's not like Freddie's sitting him for three days in a row. You know, it's a day here, it's a day there. I'm really not concerned about that. All right, yeah. guys. Hey, I mean, we, yeah, go ahead, Hammy. Well, I was just going to say, because there's more to say about Fred. I mean, the only other thing I think, Steve, as we're going, is like the only other concern about the offense I have is um, it's just I feel like we're really shallow at center field. I mean, Bourne has been great, and he's been everything, you know, defensively. And I mean, maybe he could have been a little bit more crazy offensively, but he's doing everything we expected from him. But I feel like if he goes down, it makes me. He makes me. The, he makes me the most nervous. McCain goes out. I feel good about Ross. Like Freeman goes out. Hinsky serviceable. Obviously Prado can fill in behind Ugla. I, I would wish the Gonzalez would go down. Um, you know, let and and all the other pieces. But center field, I feel very fragile. I don't know if you guys. Well, I agree, would, but it's like we had no center fielder, and we've moved up to having one legitimate. No, it's fielder. true. It's true. But at least we had two no center fielders. <laughs> like, because we, you know, we, we had a back, you know, we had a backup center fielder um, in McLeod, and obviously he's gone now. Schaefer is gone and doing well there, but. Um, well, I mean, I guess it's Constanza, I would think, or I mean, does Wilkin Ramirez play center field? He did. I think they played him some at least in spring training. I, I don't know if he's played. I thought he did play a couple of games at center field. Yeah, I feel like he did too. I mean, Hammy, you're right. The. Uh, the alternative is is not good, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if we lose our center fielder, yeah, it's a huge problem. Well, who was the guy? Who was it? It's not Hicks. Who was the other guy? The outfielder, the tiny little. Oh yeah, Matt Young. Right. right? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Bring Matt Just Young. not a lot of great options. I feel like that's where we're thinnest. Fair enough. Yeah. Speaking of guys, let's move on to fair or foul, where I throw something out there and you agree with it fair or disagree with it foul. So. Hammy, fair or foul, you believe that Hansen and or Jurgens will pitch in the postseason. And if it's fair, who do you think is going to pitch? Well, um, I, I, you know what? I think just reading the latest. And so what? Hansen had two rounds of 60 pitches from 120 feet and then had a sort of a, a flat-footed mound or, you know. So he's feeling strong. Yeah. Um, and then I guess Jurgens is going to see someone out in California tomorrow. He's got he got a new knee brace. I feel like so so I think well, they're wait, good both so, so so Jurgens saw someone in Colorado on Sunday. 
What's the difference? Yeah, okay. I, I don't know if there was another visit that I hadn't heard about. <laughs> Get past the Mississippi. It's all the same. No, whatever. Sorry, sorry. Um, right. So, it was, so it wasn't. It wasn't Andrews. So it was like as long as it's not Doctor Andrews, it's like anybody else. So he saw a doctor, but he's getting a knee brace. Long way to say. I think they're both going to pitch in the postseason. Actually, I'm. I, I'm not convinced that they'll pitch effectively. Um, and actually, as things stand now, I would feel more confident. With what and what Hansen could do for us, and, and then in what JJ could do for us, because I feel like we saw what Hansen did when he sort of got the pain under control and he came back from his tendonitis. Yeah, it was just this year. It. Yeah, he's killing it. So I feel like I feel like he's going to strengthen, uh, just like when Hudson had the um, Tommy John. He's going to strengthen around it, and hopefully, and I just feel like he could come back stronger. Jurgens, I feel like with knee issues, is going to continue to get the ball up. It's going to affect his delivery, and he's just going to be troublesome on the mound so i actually see them both coming back in the postseason i i don't know if that's what i want though yeah which i I have no faith in jj i mean they're shutting jj down for two weeks so for him to be ready i don't know i I feel much more confident about hansen uh you know the reports are that hansen himself is feeling confident feeling good that he's throwing pain free i think that you know from from what you read he got a lot of confidence from the report he got from dr andrews I think we're going to see Hanson in the postseason. Um, Curtis, what about you? Yeah, I, I think I'm with Ham. I, I, I think that uh, I think we'll see both of them. I, it, it sounds the reports that I've read even today about JJ was that they were they were optimistic about his ability to come back from that. And, and as you guys already discussed, it sounds like Hanson is is getting closer and closer to being ready to go. Um, so I, I don't. I don't know why Cam says. I don't know if that's that's a necessarily a great thing, given how both they pitched kind of there for a little while. But um, I think that they're better than than some of the other options. I, I would just be really nervous if we went into the postseason having to pitch two or three rookies. So, um, yeah. but I, I think I think both of them will be back and both of them will pitch. I don't know if they'll both be in the rotation. We'll see what they do because I think Beachy is is a much better option at this point than either one of them. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think they're both back and both pitching. All right, Curtis, fair or foul, you're ready to feel confident about Derek Lowe again. Well, it's another one of these ironic questions that is so much better yesterday than it is today. <laughs> I know, seriously, um, or even four hours ago. Yeah, I, I, I still feel fair um, because he has pitched a lot better. Obviously, he did not pitch well at all today. Um, but... Um, you know the progress that he showed in three of the four starts prior to this one. He really looked good, um, and obviously this was a big step back today. And it and it just makes me feel like we're not ready to compete with the Phillies at all. Watching this game today, but um, yes, I, I feel better about him. I'm I'm fair. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm fair. Uh, obviously, he he was not very good tonight. Um, the ball was up. He wasn't hitting his spots. But yeah, the last three starts, I'm in an ERA under two and averaging six innings per outing. And, you know, and, and yeah. if, if he didn't have the history in September and if he didn't have some of these good starts in August heading into September, I would have much less confidence. But I'm, you know, ultimately I'm happy that he's still on the team and didn't get, didn't get traded. I mean, with the J.J. and Hanson stuff, uh, I would feel really, really uh, vulnerable without Lowe on the squad. Hammy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I feel more confident in him 
than I now than I have for stretches of this season. Um, most stretches, but I'm not as confident as him as I did last September. I don't think he's going to regain that form. But um, I, yeah, he's he's not one of those like, ugh. Remember, I mean, I think it was two or three weeks ago where we were like, how many times is low starting this week? All right, so we'll have two losses yeah. and four wins, right? I mean, and I feel like um, he gives us a chance out there. I don't think he's going to like again. I don't think he's going to go five and zero with a less than one ERA. But um, you know, I'm glad he's there. Yep. All right, Hammy, fair or foul, there is anything you feel confident about with Freddie in terms of managing in the postseason? <laughs> that was just for you, Ham. Thank you. Well, because, you know, we talked about this question, and just to say yes or no, you feel confident about Freddie, I think that we could all say, we would all say no. But the question is, is there anything? And, and I mean, it's interesting so that um, – you know, if Freddie's the knock on Freddie is that he's a by the book manager, which, um, to be honest, I don't think is very fair to the book, <laughs> wherever the <laughs> wow. book is, whoever keeps that book. That's not very nice to them. But um, but I mean, the one thing I've mentioned this before is I think that Freddie, that he has this willingness and we just talked about it in terms of Prado, that he will shake up the lineup. Right. And that he'll move things around. Um And, and I think that that is a skill that in the postseason, if you know how to use it can bode well for you. Um, if I if I thought that he had a master plan and that it wasn't just sort of like shooting in the dark, you know, that I would feel more confident in it. But I feel like that's one thing where I feel like Freddie, that he's not going to, he's not going to do, do s- silly things in the postseason that maybe Bobby would have done. Now, I'm not trying to say I would much rather have Bobby there because I feel like Freddie just, you know, will burn through our entire outfield in one, inning of pinch hitting like he did the other night. Um, so, so I guess I do, I guess if, if there's anything that gives me confidence, it's, it's, it's his willingness to improvise, um, and roll the dice as needed. Okay. Well, I'm confused about your position. <laughs> Let's talk about center. Oh, wait, never mind. Okay. Yep. Okay. Does he play by the book or is he improvising? And what do you think he's going to do? I think that he – so what I think he's going to do is – and so and we talk – so, all right, I think what he's going to do is you, like, you set your lineup for game one, yeah. and you play that lineup every single game. And you guys probably believe you set up two weeks before the postseason starts, and right. that's how it should be. And I, I actually – I don't know if I really buy into that because I don't know if there's – I don't know where the proof is that that's the way it should be. But we can talk about that later. I think Freddie is going to say, you know, two games in – Things aren't going well. He's going to mix the lineup up. He's going to be willing to drop Prado to seventh, move. I mean, granted, the the bad news is that he'll move Gonzalez to third, but he'll move, make a move, right? I mean, so there's goodness and badness. That the willingness to make a move is good. The decisions in those moments are bad. So um, I just really want to make the buy the book joke. By the book comment so I can make the joke about the book. That was it. <laughs> I really don't know what to expect from Freddie any, at any given point. All right, Curtis, fair foul on this. Um, I, you know, foul, I guess. I, 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 it's, the only thing I have hope in is that some of the pieces allow or supersede his ability to screw things up mm-hmm. <laughs> like the bullpen now that we've got Moylan back you know that that he won't pitch 
line break or, you know, I mean, just won't make some really stupid decision. And I understand the Viscaino thing the other night was, I, I just think he's taking this approach that September's like spring training and he's just trying to get these guys innings and all this kind of stuff and just let him sit out there to get hammered and see if he could get out of the situation. But I think come postseason, I'm hoping that given the circumstance that these pitchers and these batters slot themselves in and, and supersede his ability to make a stupid decision. But that being said, foul. I, I, I have zero confidence in his ability to do anything for us in the postseason. Well, I'll, I'll go fair on this because I am confident that regardless of what's going on during the game in the field, that the shots of Freddie in the bullpen, uh, in, in the dugout, you're not going to be able to tell actually what's happening in the game because he's going to have the same exact expression on his face. He's got the art shell syndrome. Exactly, exactly. No, so, my, you know, my big fear, and sort of to your point about Vizcaino, Kurt, is is he going to, is his bullpen management, is he going to panic and play it safe? Is he going to improvise while playing it by the book, Hammy? And yeah. is he just going to pitch Ovemperl? Every, you know, all, all, every game. Or is he going to, like, throw away games like he did Saturday and leave Vizcaino in there too long? And I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to be like, eh, it's game three of a five-gamer. We can throw this away. Let's see if Linebrink can get out of this. Well, in all fairness, he did, um, you know, study under Bobby Cox. <laughs> so everything you just described is totally Bobby Cox. Oh, it's just game four and we're down two games. So I'm going to start the backup uh, catcher and the backup second baseman. Tony Graffanino is going to start in a, in a <laughs> elimination game for me here. So, yeah. Right. I'm going to let Eddie Perez catch Maddox instead of Hobby. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, during Hobby's 42-hour season. Right. All right, guys, let's move on to so, the... So, but to, oh. so sorry, yeah. Stevie, but I mean, well, no, just in terms of Freddie, but like, do you guys really, because it goes to Prado, um, you're talking about Prado, but like, do you guys really think that there's there's something to like? Okay, these guys need to know that they're batting third, and they need to be there for a week ahead of time. Set your lineup because Steve, these are words you use. Set your lineup in September so that you're ready for an October. I mean, do you you believe that's something valid? And why do, why do you think that is? Like, what backs that up? Because I was I was trying to do research because you said that. And I'm like, wow, is that true? And I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know if players necessarily need to know where they are in the lineup to be able to perform. I mean, shouldn't they be able to sort of slot them anywhere? Well, Hammy, if all my college ball told me anything. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. Um, no. Way to, way to discredit anything you're about to I mean, I totally yeah. made all that up. But I do know that baseball players are creatures of habit, maybe more than, you know, any of the sports. And I think that there's got to be some value in knowing where you're going to play and getting comfortable in that position. So that, that's really what I base that on. And there's also different approaches that you take based on where you're batting in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So there. No, well, the, obviously that, but I know, but I mean, but like, I, I feel like. Are there any people, stats players to that, back it up? Well, I just don't know. And I'm not, I'm not saying it on you guys, but it seems to be, and it, because this is sort of at the core of what, what my belief on Freddie, it seems to be that a lot of people believe that, and, and Stevie, I'm not discrediting, discrediting that, you know, baseball players are creatures of habit, but that like, well, if you move him around too much, that's going to really have an impact 
on how he's doing and and why can't you say you know what moving him around a lot keeps him fresh and actually he sees pitches differently and he actually he performs better when you move him around a lot and i just didn't know if there was some conventional wisdom beyond just the creatures of habit that sort of made the case that you shouldn't do that and that you shouldn't you should hold the the lineup sacred and you should stick with routines um i don't know and I don't know what the answer is. I just, I, that's I was. It was interesting to me because we're hanging a lot of the the a lot of the criticism on Freddie on his on that. Not a lot of it because obviously there's the bullpen management, but some of it. Right, I'm going to move on to the wayward Hayward now. <laughs> you guys chime in on the comments board. Am I am I off my rocker? Or is there something to it? But only about spy kids. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the wayward Hayward, where we look at Jason Hayward's numbers for the past week. So. A week almost identical to last week. Three hits, 13 at-bats, zero walks again, which is unfathomable. Three strikeouts, three RBI. Uh, yeah, you know, I but I stand by, keep playing him. Keep playing him so we can get something out of him in the playoffs. Keep. You think this will get him. something out of him in the playoffs? Well, Sittenham's going to guarantee we don't. Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> Seriously. All right, guys. Time for best and worst sign of the week. So I got I got We're a lot of best. Can we talk about the UNL trade? Oh no, gosh. So the return of Matt Diaz. Pretty excited about that, and he's hitting the ball. Heading into tonight's game against the Phillies, he was five for eight, which you gotta like. Um, Alex Gonzalez this past week, six for eighteen, four walks. Whoa. Which is all the which is matches his total up to this point in the season. In his career. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I uh, in Saturday night's game, he had two walks, and I tweeted, you know, when was the last time he had two walks in a game? And one of our followers answered that it was like May 2010. No kidding. That's, that's su- surprisingly recent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, Chipper continues on his role. Moylan looked great tonight in his return. Delgado looked pretty good. I mean, aside from that three-run homer. You know, Delgado looked good. My, you know, I thought that Miner's start Saturday night was really important for the for the postseason because Miner did not have his best stuff. His control was not quite there. You know, for most of the night, like, balls and strikes were almost even. But he managed to get through six innings and only give up one run. So I thought that Miner made huge, huge strides Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, any other Any other bests? Just to come, I mean, that we we maintain the lack of sweep sweepness yes, streak this. yesterday. Um, that was that was a that was a good match there. Definitely. All the stuff you said. I'm excited about Jack Wilson. I'll say it. I mean, I know he's a journeyman, but it's an upgrade over Lugo. Yeah, no, I'm much more confident seeing Wilson come up than Lugo for sure. All right, worse signs. Prado's continued struggles. Max continued struggles. JJ start against the Nationals and just all this madness with jj i was really hoping that uh yeah that jj was going to turn it around anything else mm-hmm. on worst uh, uh the season performance against the freaking dodgers just pathetic yep you've got a yeah, worst for delgado hammy uh viscaino oh, not a worst uh, viscaino and really for freddie it's just, just like like throwing in the towel um, in like the sixth inning of that game. I'm just like, oh, well, it's over. Yeah. And just watching them load the bases like a hundred times against us and just feeling like, 
a really inferior team all of a sudden out of nowhere. Like I have, I don't remember a lot this season feeling as hapless as I did that inning. And just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing this to poor Vizcaino? We've got other pitchers out there. What's well, certainly the explosion re- in that game? I mean, being up five to nothing and just sleepwalking through the rest of the game to give that one back to them. Yep. And I, but just, although man, I was, felt more hapless tonight against the Phillies. I mean, we just had no shot in that game, and they just looked so much better than we did. It was just depressing. Yeah. All right, guys. So um, we're going to shelve the postseason hope meter because I think we're all agreed that, you know, Short of some epic collapse, it's looking good. We're going to replace it with the NLCS hope meter. We're on a scale of 1 to 10. We rate the chances that the team gets through the NLDS and makes it to the NLCS. So, Hammy, what do you say? Well, first of all, this makes me really, really nervous, but that's all right. Because you say epic collapse, it's almost like Q, <laughs> Q, Freddy, shot of Freddy in the dugout. Um, with the same look on his face. With- with the same look on his face, like, what's going on? I have no idea. Like, trying to watch, it's so funny, trying to watch a game where you turn it on, like, my computer, the sound is off, and you see Fred in the dugout, and you really have no idea. You know, <laughs> I know, like, I know. Where, it could be down by 10, up by 10, anywhere in between, and I guess maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, so, but anyway, for the, I, you know, it's a five for me. It's a toss-up. I feel that, um, I don't feel great about facing Milwaukee at home, and that's what we're doing, regardless of records. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I think that it, it would have to take a lot of crazy things to happen that we're not playing Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so I did that. Does, I don't feel super confident about that. I do feel that we could we could play with anyone. So blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a five. It's a coin toss for me. I think that it's even money on that series right now. Us against the Brewers in Milwaukee. All right, Curtis. Well, if Ham's a five, I guess I'm a four because I was originally going to be a five. But um, yeah, I'm, and it's probably just overreaction to this weekend series with the Dodgers in this game today. But once again, I'm very nervous about the Braves. It doesn't seem like their offense is doing anything. They're starting pitching with all these guys hurt and with Low again getting shelled and all these kind of things falling as they have over the past couple of days. I, it, I'm just. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous, and I think the Brewers are very good. I, I don't think we should overestimate or under, excuse me, underestimate them in any regard. And as Ham says, they've won fifty something games at home this year. So um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a very tough series for the Braves. Yeah, I mean, if Ham is a five, I guess I'll be a six. But it's all <laughs> it's all it's all <laughs> contingent upon how low looks down the the stretch and what Hanson and JJ are going to do. I mean, I could also be a two, you know. Uh, the the starting rotation is so different than it was just a few weeks ago. It's uh, so. It's yeah, I mean, you got to admit a lot of the a lot of the confidence that we're feeling in the starting rotation is on potential of our rookies, right? Right, because I mean, if Hanson and JJ are gone, I mean, right, how, how, it could be ugly. Yeah, how do Beachy and Minor do in under the you know spotlight of the postseason? Well, and oh, ventral doesn't mean anything if you're down five to nothing. Agreed. Hey, but Ovemperl got some good rest tonight, so that's good. Speaking it's true. Of yes, that blowouts. was all part of Freddie's master yeah, plan. Exactly. All right, guys, let's look at the week ahead. So it's the old eight games in a week schedule this week. 
So three in Philly, doubleheader in New York, and then three in St. Louis. So in Philly, we know Lowe went tonight, followed by Hudson and Beachy. In the uh, doubleheader in New York, it's Minor and Tehran. And then in St. Louis, we get Delgado, Lowe, and Hudson. So, Curtis, what do you say? What do we go this week down over? Um, so we've got seven games left. Is that that's seven right? Seven games left. So I'm going to say three and four. Okay. Three yeah. and five week, obviously, including tonight. Yeah. So do we win any in Philly in your three? And we win one. I've got one, one, one. <laughs> one win in each series. Eek. All right, Hammy? Oh. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm there with Curtis in pretty much the exact same way. All right, so... I, 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 feel, like, I feel like I should add one to it just so I'm not as, as, as bitter as Curtis. But I can't really see... I, I mean, St. Louis is playing really well. I mean, the Mets are the Mets. I think I could, you know, I think we'd be lucky to sweep that. And the Phillies were outclassed. Um, so there you have it. Yeah, I'll go four and three. I think we take one in Philly, one in New York, and two in St. Louis. Why do you think that? Because I think that Delgado is very good, and I think that Hudson is very good. I really think we can take two in St. Louis. And the, uh, I mean, I, I, I did not look ahead. I don't know who we're going to get in St. Louis, but really. St. Louis's starting pitching is is mediocre. I think we can make some hay against St. Louis. Oh, we just we never win in St. Louis. Yeah, and and it how quickly you forget that mediocre pitching kills us. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's our yeah, Achilles heel. Yeah, I was so jacked. Just so jacked. <laughs> yeah, we beat Lannon this week. I know. All right, guys, that's the show. As always, check us out at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com for past shows, to check out our weekly blog, and to post in our comment section. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. Had to admit the problem is a hard thing to admit. Had to get on the program. It ain't an easy road when you quit. Had to make peace with my enemies. Accept the power greater than my... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.